This is Beyond the U, a Met Radio 1280 AM production about the students behind student journalism. In 2021, students began protesting against the injunction to cut down old-growth trees at Ferry Creek in British Columbia, trees that were older than the English language itself. Over a thousand arrests have been made, and many protesters have been injured in the process, making the Ferry Creek blockage the largest act of civil disobedience in B.C. history. This is an episode about how student journalism can impact resistance and activism. I'm Parthenet Batuk. And I'm Sahana Ranganathan. Carter Dungate wrote for the University of British Columbia's newspaper, the UBC, in January 2022. He wrote on protesters at Ferry Creek. He joins us today. What made you interested in taking on this project and reporting on this? Mm. So I probably started in, yeah, in the summer of 2021, the summer and fall of 2021. I knew some people who'd been up to Ferry Creek to the old growth protests, uh, old growth logging protests up there. And in the fall, all of a sudden, the media coverage started to dwindle. You know, it was a huge story in BC, had coverage from, you know, across Canada at the time. Um, But all of a sudden in the fall, the numbers of protesters kind of went down a bit in the in the rainy season. And the the media also left at the same time, but that didn't line up with what I was hearing from these people I knew who were going, still going to these protests, were still active out there. So I just kind of thought, wait a minute, you know, there's still a story here, and it's not being covered. Um, so that's when I reached out to the UBC and and asked about this this feature. And then I yeah, after that, pretty much dove right into it. Started getting some sources, started doing my research, reaching out to people. Yeah, and uh, from there, it all just kind of snowballed into this this thing and was published, and here we are. Do you want to uh, describe what Fairy Creek is like? For sure. So I've never been to Fairy Creek myself. Uh, I was just covering the students who've been there. But it's an uh, uh, old-growth British Columbia rainforest. Um, so you have, you know, just these incredible, incredible tall, you know, powerful, beautiful trees that have stood there for hundreds of years, maybe thousands to 2000 years as well. And uh, yeah, if you have the chance to check it out, I would say definitely take that opportunity because no matter how well I write about it, it's not the same as as being there um, yourself. And I've never been to Fairy Creek. I've been to some old growth forests on Vancouver Island. But the feeling that I get from those old growth forests and from forests around British Columbia just leaves me with this kind of sense of wonder and also just appreciation of this beautiful ecosystem that's, you know, unfortunately relatively rare in in British Columbia and all of Canada as well. And uh, yeah, just a very, very uh, personal experience that I think everyone should uh, try for themselves and and, uh, just get to experience those you know, the forest, the ecosystems, and just see what it's like for yourself. And kind of like you said, how it's a personal experience. Um, A lot of the people that you interviewed in the story also had a personal experience with whether it be environmental advocacy or Fairy Creek. So what was it like interviewing those people? Yeah, it was definitely, uh, you know, everyone came at this from different perspectives. So I tried to do my best to to cover those perspectives and the background people had, you know, coming into this. A lot of them were environmentalists from a very young age. 
Um, but, you know, there's also people who are tree planters, people who didn't particularly have too much of a connection before this and just wanted to get involved and wanted to learn more about uh, what, you know, that's what it's all about, basically, what Fairy Creek is about, why this is such an issue. So, yeah, just I think covering those perspectives was a, a unique way to to understand the different people who are involved in this uh this project and what would motivate people to to get out there you know i think it's pretty easy to say that um the narrative when the kind of coverage of fairy creek was most popular i think the narrative tends towards uh environmental activists as being kind of you know tree huggers without a job without really uh understanding of the economy or, or things like that and i thought it was really important to show that that's not the case at all you know a lot of people understood that logging was uh, you know a, a important part of the british columbia economy and that it could be done sustainably i think the main critique i heard was that this is just not an example of that you know this is not an example of sustainable management of of the forests so i was yeah very privileged to to come in contact with those um, perspectives and hopefully, you know, share them with the world as well. Was there any source in particular or story in particular that stood out the most that one helped you understand the importance of this issue, but also made a larger impact in your story? Probably the most impactful experience as a reporter while I was interviewing this was, you know, interviewing people who dealt with um, very personal experiences, people who've been arrested, people who faced kind of, you know, different sorts of aggression. Uh, you know, you, you're the essential activity in a, in a protest like that is putting yourself against the police. So it's, uh, it's a difficult thing to cover, especially when you're not, I didn't have any formal journalistic training. Um, uh, the UBC was very good and, and gives people, you know, a decent, uh, crash course and how to handle, you know, these personal, these very intense personal stories and what to do. But at the same time, it just was, it was very important to me to, to be, you know, respectful of these experiences and to report that in a, in a fair way. Um, yeah, I think that was the most difficult thing to to cover because it became very real all of a sudden, you know, I'm hearing about these stories, but then it's, uh, it's not just stories anymore. It's someone's life and serious impacts on someone's life as well. When you were doing your reporting and interviewing, was this during the active protests? Yes. Yeah, it was. To, there was kind of um, like a, there's a peak to the protest for sure, which I would say was in the summer of, of 2021. But at the same time, people, yeah, people were protesting. Um, and to a certain extent, you know, people are, still protesting. Fairy Creek has calmed down quite a bit, but people are still very active in throughout British Columbia, protesting uh, old growth logging, ensuring that logging companies um, make sure that the forests are well managed. And so it's it's something that uh, isn't always covered, but I was happy to just bring a bit of light to for a little bit. Uh, just for the people who don't know uh, me, uh, can you explain a little bit what uh, old growth logging is? Old growth trees in British Columbia can, they're defined in different ways. So the the government describes them as above a certain age, whereas certain, you know, conservation groups and activists will describe them as um, 
have never been cut down before or what you call first growth uh, um, forests. So it kind of depends where you draw that line. But the, uh, the basic kind of scientific consensus here from forestry academics is that old growth forests and old growth ecosystems have these really, really rich relationships between the trees and the plants and these, uh, you know, it, like everything is very connected in a way that's not the same in, in forests that have been clear cut and replanted and, and all that. So, yeah, it's basically these very old very special ecosystems uh, that are at risk of being logged. So, you know, loggers like to cut down big trees um, because of the quality of the wood. The wood is very, like, very dense, very high quality. And also, of course, you just get more tree when you cut down a, a big tree as well. So that's kind of the uh, initiative there. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much how I would describe old growth forests. I'd recommend one of the sources in my story was Dr. Suzanne Samard, who's kind of the expert on forestry in, in Canada, internationally, maybe, and uh, talks a lot about old growth forests, especially she's a specialist in that area. Um, I was just wondering, um, what was the experience of actually doing the source hunting for a piece like this, especially given that many students were protesting? Yeah, the source hunting was... Um, the source hunting was quite an interesting experience. I I felt a lot of pressure that I put on myself to really get, um, you know, sources that were representative of the uh, the experiences up at Ferry Creek and also of the UBC student body as well, because it was focused on UBC students, of course, protesting. So a bit difficult. I feel very lucky to have, uh, you know, the sources that I did and, and have them trust me with their stories as well. Um, yeah, I, I wish, of course, with any story, I think I've always like, oh, what if, you know, what if I had one more source in this place and one more source there? But I think for the most part, I'm, I'm very happy to, to have the, the ones that I do. And it was mostly done through either word of mouth or um, social media a little bit as well. But mostly I just, you know, talk to some people the forestry department at UBC there's a there's a forestry sciences department was relatively <laughs> involved in the protests um, or you know involved in the forestry community so there's people who were at the protests and and new people there from that community so a huge part of that was just through the student community at UBC I just talked to someone and they passed me on to someone else and and then on and on I goes and I think that was a really beautiful thing of the the um, activism at Ferry Creek as well was, I think there's this real sense of community that I saw through these uh, these people that I interviewed. They really showed just how how important that was to these people who were kind of bonded by this shared shared priority, shared passion, and uh, that also translated a bit to the UBC community as well. So yeah, that's how I did, and, and very happy to to be able to tap into that uh, community resource for sure. Um, the only, honestly, the only final question that I have left um, is that it's been over a year since you've reported on this. Um, have you stayed updated on the story or do you know if there's anything that's changed or hopefully progressed? Honestly, I really haven't stayed updated as much as I would have liked because it is such an important issue that I find very interesting. You know, I, 
on one hand, really try to maintain journalistic uh, impartiality, um, but it's it's just something that I'm interested in and that I do follow uh, as well. But yeah, living out in Ottawa as well, kind of lost a bit of touch of, of BC for a bit. And um, I know there's been progress for sure on the demands of the protesters in BC. Fair Creek, there's been part of the ecosystem has been preserved and supposedly not open for logging anymore. But I know that it's fallen short of a full ban of old growth logging, which is essentially what the protesters were, were asking for. So it's interesting because, yeah, before Fairy Creek, there was this uh, this demonstration called the War in the Woods in Clayquot Sound near Tofino. Huge, huge protest. Um, and this was in the 1900s, the 1990s, I'm pretty sure. And uh, it, it was kind of interesting because when Fairy Creek came up, it was kind of a repeat of that demonstration and kind of showed that, you know, Maybe there was some progress, but it clearly wasn't enough. So this cycle kind of repeated. And I just think that maybe if there isn't more progress, um, you know, before we know it, there might be another Fairy Creek where there's going to be another old growth forest in BC somewhere. Someone's going to find out it's being logged. And these people are are very willing to to protect uh, these things they hold very special and and consider very important to to British Columbia, uh, to nature and, and uh, yeah, just everyone there. So, yeah, I think that's uh, that's what I'm looking out for in terms of keeping track of things in BC, in case I need to run out there and uh, and cover that story as well. Carter Dungate, journalist for the UBC. Thanks for listening. You can read Carter Dungate's story on the UBC.ca. That's spelled U B Y S S E Y. To connect with us or suggest a story, you can find us on Instagram at Beyond the U Podcast. This episode of Beyond the U is hosted, edited, and produced by Prarthana Patak, Samandara, and Sahana Ranganathan. <laughs>